This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. And welcome to the best show on your radio. You know it better. It's Freddie and Harry. Thank you very much. Got my man Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas today, presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and always, always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN radio. It is what we're calling this week in the NFL, and it starts tonight between the Baltimore Ravens and the Cincinnati Bengals, that game on Prime TV at 8.15 Eastern time. We're calling this Show Me What You Got Weekend. And Chad Brown, I never thought we'd be saying this at this point of the season when it came to the Buffalo Bills. But here we are, that team about to play the New York Jets. They moved on from their offense coordinator, Ken Dorsey. Joe Brady is now in charge of this offense. And that's not even the half of the story. They had a chance to have to deal with a potential distraction not involving their team that, that wound up becoming a distraction. Trayvon Diggs, his brother Stephon Diggs, played for the Buffalo Bills. Trayvon plays for the Dallas Cowboys. Alfred has seen the torn ACL. He put on social media after they lost to the Denver Broncos. Man, the 14 got to get up out of there. That was after the game. Then the next day, he wasn't done. He said, let's not forget, meaning he, meaning Josh Allen, did not stop going off to a bro got there. When Stephon Diggs had a chance to respond to that today, he said, If it was another fan or anybody else that commented on the game, y'all wouldn't have said that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just happened to be that it's my brother. But for me, I'm like, all right, you asking me how my brother feels. You know what I'm saying? You got to ask my brother how he feels about it. But for me, more so, I want to put more emphasis on when you put me in a space of answering questions as to how somebody else feels, I can't do that. You know what I'm saying? And then, like, uh, the snowball effect of people having comments or, like, uh, I think somebody did an interview about how my brother feels and, that's my family. You know what I'm saying? I go to bat for my family 100%. I can't ask the questions as to why he feels about this, that, and the third in the game. You know what I'm saying? I haven't had that personal conversation with him. My brother's uh, watching football right now. He's not playing too much. So, obviously, he's coming from more of a fan perspective. But that is my family. So, I handle my family with the utmost respect. And I always hope that people treat it that way. So, when people speak of my family, have a level of integrity as well. Because I feel like if it was another family member or it was somebody else, you know, obviously, people kind of handle things however they want. But... Uh, tread lightly when you're talking about my family. Wow, Stephon Diggs letting people know tread lightly <laughs> talking mm-hmm. about my family. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a tricky situation, Freddie, for Stephon Diggs to be in when you've got to answer to your brother's tweet. Right. Um, and what what is Stephon supposed to say there? My brother's wrong. Exactly. You know, my brother threw me under the bus. Mm-hmm. So it's extra tricky because it is his brother. Um, yeah, I, I think he handled that about as well as you could because uh, he didn't say a whole lot there other than, you know, it's family and it's difficult. And that's probably a pretty good assessment of the situation. I, I'm not responsible for what my brother tweets when he picks up his phone and gets right. his Twitter or X fingers going. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm here trying to catch some passes. And at the same time, if you expect me to throw my brother under the bus or say something bad about him, right. yo, that's my brother, y'all. Uh-huh. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. It was the perfect way to defuse a potentially explosive situation, especially based on the guy we're talking about, Stephon Diggs, because people still wondered after they had that blow up, meeting him at the end of that playoff game last year versus Cincinnati Bengals. And then his coach wondered about him not showing up for OTAs in the offseason. And then his quarterback, Josh Allen, said, hey, things were handled, but I'm always going to have my guys back. When you had that kind of personality, anything that's going to get next to it, that could blow it up a little bit, the media's going to feed into it. And Stefan Diggs said, mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Y'all better find another plate to eat off of. You're not going to do that to me and to this team because my brother put out something on social media. 
I'm not my brother's guardian. It's not like he did this and I said, go right ahead, and you can't prove that I told him to do something like that. He basically separated both. My brother's a grown man. He can put out however he feels, but that's not the way that I feel. I'm more concerned about getting this right with the Buffalo Bills. You don't have to believe Stephon Diggs. You can believe Stephon Diggs. But as far as I'm concerned, Chad, that was a master class to make sure this was not going to go any further in terms of those kind of questions that could be directed at him. He put a stop to that today by saying that. He did. He did. Now, does it put a stop to the questions about the Buffalo Bills? No. Nope. nope. <laughs> you fired your coordinator. Your quarterback can't keep the you know can't keep uh, turn the ball over to the other team the way that he has at the pace that he has. They got a lot of issues up in Buffalo. The twelfth man on the field for the game-winning field goal. I mean, just uh-huh. the 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 way that they blew that game uh, was difficult to watch. Just from a football perspective, I want to see good football. Mm -hmm. And there was just so much bad football out there for the Buffalo Bills. Um, The Broncos should not apologize for getting the win, but they certainly were lucky in that ball game. But for Stephon Diggs, yes, to your point, Freddie, and to what I said earlier, I think he handled that about as well as you possibly could. Balancing the very tricky words of his brother versus defending his family. Great job by him. By the way, Chad Brown and for Harry Douglas joining me, Freddie Coleman and Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Enter the chat on the Dr. Pepper call in line at 888-ESPN-888-729-3776. Do the Buffalo Bills still make the playoffs? Will the Buffalo Bills still make the playoffs? We want to hear from you one way or the other, NY, 888-729-3776. Yeah, a lot of people are worried about that right now, and I firmly believe if they don't beat the New York Jets on Sunday, they are not going to make the playoffs. And that falls at the feet of not Stephon Diggs, maybe not even so much Sean McDermott, the head coach, or the new offensive coordinator, Joe Brady. It's going to be on Josh Allen. Now, Joe Brady says, I'm the new OC, but I still got an elite quarterback. Give me Josh Allen all day, every day. I'm not worried about it. When I look in his eyes before every game, there's not a worry in my mind. And I guarantee you that's the same mindset of everybody in this locker room. I believe Josh Allen's the best quarterback in the NFL. It excites me that I get an opportunity to call plays with him because I know I feel like you can look down at the play call and whatever you call Josh Allen is going to find a way to make it work. And uh, there's a lot of confidence in that. Oh boy, Joe Brady. Support your dude. It's one thing to say I'm glad to have Josh Allen on my side. Uh Uh-uh, Chad Brown, not Joe Brady. He says not only is he elite, he's the best quarterback in the National Football League. The only thing missing from that were donuts and coffee because he knew exactly (laughs) how to sweeten that whole thing. Hey, Josh Allen, don't pay attention to what people are saying about you. We still believe in you. I know Josh Allen has belief in himself. I don't think he even questioned if people in that building had a lack of belief in him. But the fact that Joe Brady says, I don't know what happened before. I was in the room, but I wasn't making the decisions. I know what I'm going to do for you because I know you're still a Josh Allen that is an elite quarterback and will be an elite quarterback once again, no matter what people outside of this building are saying about you. 11 interceptions. Uh, I think that says Uh something as well. So while Joe Brady was, was great to come out there and defend his quarterback and say this is a guy who I can call any play on the play sheet for, I would respectfully disagree. Mm-hmm. There are some throws right now where Josh Allen is just not seeing them. 
and he's just not seeing where the defense is. He's not seeing how people are choosing to defend him right. back there in the secondary. So he's got a lot to clean up. So if I'm a play caller, part of my responsibility is to put you in positions to be successful, but also to not ask you to do things that you are currently struggling with mm-hmm. until we get you over those issues. So, no, the whole play sheet is not available for you, Joe Brady. You've got to find a way to cross out certain plays that put your quarterback in mm-hmm. bad positions and don't force him to make throws where he's not seeing the field properly or accurately. There were some of those throws against Denver. It's like, what are you doing, man? Right. What's, how could you not see that? There's a quarterback at Boulder High who would probably see <laughs> that defender there. So he's got a lot to clean up. And if Joe Brady is going to approach it as he approached that answer, which was great because he supported this guy. Right. But if he, if he approaches his play calling in that same way, he's not going to be doing Josh Allen a lot of favors with that kind of mindset. Chad, you know this. We mentioned you played 15 years in the National Football League. Sometimes you have to save a player from himself. And I thought the best description of Josh Allen, and it was not in a positive way, is what Shannon Sharp said on first take. He says, I know about Josh Allen's ability, but he still believes that he can throw the football through a hurricane. And there are times that you have to make adjustments at the quarterback, not just with pre-snap reads, but knowing exactly where and when to place the football. We know how strong your arm is. We know that if a guy is not available already, you're going to take his head off with the football. But that doesn't mean that those throws or those ki- that kind of mindset is going to save you. And somebody tried to compare him to Brett Favre, and I said, here's the difference. Brett Favre could throw the ball through a car wash not to get the ball wet, but Brett Favre's got two championship appearances, and he's got a Super Bowl ring. Because as his career went along, he figured it out. When it got to be in year six of a starter, Brett Favre knew there are certain times I got to throw that ball hard, and there are certain times I got to make sure that ball's feathered in there. He figured that out. To me, at times, Josh Allen has not been able to figure that out. And if he can't get in his, if he continues to get in his own way, not even Joe Brady's flowers will be able to save Josh Allen this season and the Bills from making the playoffs and not making the playoffs. Josh Allen's leading the league in interceptions. You know who else is up there? Sam Howell is up there. Mac Jones is up there. Jordan Love is, is up there. Jimmy Garoppolo is up there. So considering the names that Josh Allen is associated with from that interception thing, clearly there's not every play at your disposal, Joel Brady. He's playing and his, certain parts of his game are at the level of those guys. Mm-hmm. And those guys aren't exactly the quarterbacks you want to aspire to become. So – Josh Allen certainly has that arm strength, as you just pointed out, Freddie, and it's amazing, and it's off the charts in some way. But the processing and the ability to utilize that arm strength in the proper way mm-hmm. is not going on right now on the field for the Buffalo Bills. I can't wait to hear what Chad Brown has to say about Dan Olavsky, ESPN NFL analyst, making excuses for the interceptions that have been thrown by Josh Allen lately. We're going to hear that in a couple of minutes here on Freddie and Harry. I'm Freddie Coleman on ESPN Radio. But Jordan Chicago wants to win on the Buffalo Bills. Will they make the playoffs or not? On the Dr. Pepper call in line at 888-729-3776. Jumping Jordan, what you got to say? Yeah, no, I don't think they're making the playoffs, uh, Freddie. Their schedule is borderline impossible. They look like a shell of themselves, and uh, the competition's too too extreme. You got teams that are that might be in the wild card race, like the Bengals, who easily beat them, and I just don't see it for them this season. So you look at the Jets, who they play this week. The Bills, man for man, by the way, Jordan Chicago. Thanks for the call. The Jets' defense is outstanding. That's an elite defense. The Eagles' defense, not as good as last year, still got elite pass rushers. The Chiefs playing at elite level defensively this year, led by Chris Jones and those guys. 
We know about the Cowboys' defense. They get a lead. You can forget it against that defense. The Chargers' defense, you should make plays on them. Anybody can make plays on them. We've seen that this year. The Pages' defense gave them a tough time the first time they met, and the Pages won that game. And then you play a Dolphins' defense that can get after the quarterback, and you've got an offense on the other side that can counter that. If we're seeing the same Josh Allen, Chad, that we've seen the last six games throwing an interception every game, those defenses are really, really going to make Josh Allen pay if he continues to play like that with the new OC calling plays in Joe Brady. Yeah. Now, based on this division, could they be the second-place team in this division? It's certainly possible. The Patriots' season seems like it's over, and the Jets are going to continue to struggle as long as they rely on Zach Wilson mm-hmm. at the quarterback spot. But to your point, these defenses, uh, and you know, we talk about the Patriots' season being over, they did beat. Buffalo, right? <laughs> and there's a certain thing that Bill Belichick has with some of these Baltimore, uh, with some of these Buffalo teams, where he figures things out and gets his team to be able to play well against Buffalo. Um, you know, but if you look around the rest of the AFC, the wild card possibilities, because I don't think they're going to beat the Dolphins as far as winning the AFC East. The wild card possibilities, the AFC North, incredibly mm-hmm. talented and competitive division, mm-hmm. could be some wild card teams coming out of there. Houston Texans surging in the AFC South. They've got wild card possibilities. Um, can the Raiders get things going uh, with the new coach and the new enthusiasm out there? There's some wild card possibilities there. Chargers still in that picture. So mm-hmm. Buffalo is looking at a pretty tough stretch against some teams that they could be in a tiebreaker situation with right. from a wild card possibility like the Chargers. They've got to find a way to get things going soon and fast. Maybe it's just me. I think they'll find a way to sneak into the playoffs, but if they lose on Sunday to the New York Jets, there's no way, in my opinion, they're getting into the playoffs. And yeah, Josh Allen, everything is going to be on him, especially got guys on defense that are missing. That defense is still good, but not elite, as we saw early in the year. And you don't know how they're going to figure things out sooner than later, new offensive coordinator. All that being said, Darren Olavsky, ESPN NFL analyst, when he was on NFL Live on Wednesday, he says, I know that he's thrown an interception in each of the last six games, but you guys are not being fair to Josh Allen as quarterback of the Buffalo Bills. I think there are three interceptions that I sit there and say, Josh can't have them. Bad decisions, inexcusable. It's one against New England, it's one against Cincinnati, and it's the one right before the half against Denver last week on Monday Night Football. Since week one. There's five of them that, again, are launches on third and long. If you're outside the pocket and launching a go route, it's essentially a punt. I don't really care about it. It's not like that's the decision that lost the game. So I think the whole conversation around, oh, my gosh, Josh Allen and these interceptions that he's throwing aren't actually within context and are way overblown than what the reality of tape says. All right, Chad. Have at it. Wow. Um, Dan, that's why. Wow. Now, the tip ball interception against the Broncos, was that Josh Allen's fault? Um, You know, could he have taken some some of his uh, power off of that ball? I Mm -hmm. suppose he could have made a more catchable ball. But it's an NFL receiver you're throwing to. He's got to come down with that football. But the one before the half, that was a terrible throw. So it's always – it's always interesting when somebody wants to try to make a point mm-hmm. because they try and attempt to reframe certain things to make it seem like, well, it's not as bad as, as it looked. That interception against the Broncos was an awful interception. It was a terrible throw before the half. Mm-hmm. That was a bad throw. So you can't just dismiss that. Now, could there have been some situations where you were just trying to throw it deep in a third and long situation and it becomes a punt? Yes, that is a thing. 
But if you are leading the league in interceptions, it's impossible for someone to try to spin it and say these interceptions aren't a problem. You are leading the league in interceptions. And I gave you the list of quarterbacks, the Jimmy Garoppolo's, mm-hmm. the, 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 the Sam Howells, those kind of guys who have similar kind of interception numbers. None of those quarterbacks are elite quarterbacks. They're not in the category yeah. that we have always put Josh Allen into. So Josh Allen either is an elite quarterback who doesn't have an interception problem, like Dan Orlowski's saying, or he's a guy who's sliding out of that elite category mm-hmm. and is leading the league in interceptions. And I think the latter is far truer than the former. Dan does a great job when it comes to scouting and looking at the game and viewing the game. He has a great lens for that. But I will say this about that. I wonder if he would say the same thing if the guy with name was Dak Prescott of the Dallas Cowboys and not Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills. I wonder how that would have sounded from Dan Orlovsky because you can make all the excuses you want for Josh Allen. But to your point, those picks are still on him. Most of those picks are going to be on him. Even Josh Allen did not make excuses for Josh Allen when he said, I got to be better with the football. I'm going to go with Josh Allen, what he had to say about what he has not succeeded the most at, and that is protecting the football lately. Whatever has to pick up and go the other way, it's not going to be about what Dan Olavsky has to say, how he feels. It's going to be about how Josh Allen can be better going forward and not make the same old, same old, same old that has not been good for their offense and has not been a good rhythm for their offense when it's all said and done. Steven San Francisco at 888-729-3776. Steve, what do you got to say about Josh Allen and not being the Josh Allen that we're used to seeing in the Buffalo for the Buffalo Bills? For the playoff game in Cincinnati, he had that personal issue where he, you know, with his longtime uh, uh, girlfriend there, and then, you know, he got the bartender pregnant, and then since then he hasn't, you know, even... Yeah, we're not going to get personal like that. We're not going to do that. <laughs> we're... We're, you know, leave people's private lives out of that whole thing. We, we, that's not what we're doing on this program, Stephen San Francisco. I do have a question for you guys. How do you think? Hopefully, nothing personal. No, nothing, carry on nothing personal. Penn. That was that was an awful call. Yeah, awful. Yeah, uh, carry on. But how do you think? Looking at the criticism that Josh Allen receives, how do you think that would go over if it was Dak Prescott making these same? Kind oh, of I know how. I know how that would go over. Dan Olasky would have broken down everything why he didn't do things right and why he did things wrong. Guarantee. And that's not to say that. Dan Olowski would be wrong to break it down that way. I'm just saying it seems to me it's a little bit more of a bias in favor of Josh Allen when it comes to his analysis because I saw how the way he broke down Dak Prescott and his interceptions, and there were plenty of times where Dak Prescott threw a pick and the guy ran the wrong route, but Dak Prescott never dimed out his wide receiver or never dimed out the play call at that time when it came to Kellen Moore. I'm just saying as long as that – you can't make the excuse when the guy's doing the same thing over and over and over and saying, well, you can only place three of those on his ledger. And that doesn't fly with me. Doesn't fly with me either. And it's, 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 it's always interesting because, you know, certainly there are players who we are far more comfortable criticizing and players who we are always more willing to defend. Um, and to take it even outside the player category, uh, up until the last two weeks, I have been a diehard defender of Bill Belichick because I mm-hmm. consider him to be the greatest coach of all time, and I was a part of the, that Patriots organization. I saw with my own two eyes. But my own two eyes are also telling me, hey, man, it's not quite right. the situation that it was back in 07 and 05 w- when you were there, and something's different now. And I have to begrudgingly admit the truth that there's – a possibility that he will be fired mm-hmm. and a possibility he's no longer the greatest coach in the NFL, much less the greatest coach of all time. All those things are certainly true based on my what I've seen with my own eyes. And so 
the biases that which we operate as media people sometimes come out. And I think the Dak Prescott versus Josh Allen conversation is completely fair and on board for illustrating some of these biases. And that's not to say that Dak Prescott should be immune to criticism. Correct. I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. I want to see him the way he's played late. I want to see him, I want to see this in the playoffs because I didn't see it last year versus San Francisco on the road when Brock Purdy in that offense was essentially stymied by the Cowboys defense. And that's when you really needed Dak Prescott to step up. For my money, he has not had that kind of playoff performance in that kind of situation since his rookie year when he went match for match with Aaron Rodgers. And it took Aaron Rodgers to make one of the great playoff throws in the history of the NFL to make sure Dallas Cowboys couldn't survive and get to the NFC Championship game in Dak Prescott's rookie year. He's had up and down moments. I mean, he had a great game against Tampa Bay. That was a shell of a defense he played against Tampa Bay. But I'm not going to punish him for that because it's not his fault that defense was compromised. Because, Chad, we know what the narrative would have sounded like had the Cowboys lost that game against that defense. Dak can't get it done. It just seemed that criticism can be warranted. But it seems that certain criticism against certain guys are a little bit heavy-handed than against other guys. And I think Dak Prescott is a prime example of that. Yeah, there's, there's no doubt about that. I think if you're, you're the quarterback of the Cowboys, you have to recognize when you are named to that position, you are going to get maybe some unjustified or unfair love, but you're also going to get a ton, a heaping ton of unjustified criticism and a maybe a more biased lens through which your play is viewed. That's part and parcel with that very elevated special position within the National Football League pantheon as being the Dallas Cowboys quarterback. But to your point, there are certain guys who could play at that exact same level at another franchise around the league and would not seem getting received nearly the same type of very pointed and in some cases personal criticism. Chad Brown for Harry Douglas joining me, Freddie Coleman and Freddie and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance. We turn our attention to the NBA and after that WWE maneuver on Rudy Gobert of the Minnesota Timberwolves, Draymond Green got a five-game suspension. A lot of people believe it was too lenient. We'll ask an FOS friend of the show what he thinks about that punishment if you keep it here on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, 
Priceline. My man Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas joining me, Freddie Coleman and Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series X and Channel 80, and always tell you smart speaker to play ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. You can save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. All you have to do is visit Progressive.com. Draymond Green of the Golden State Warriors suspended for five games. The say for his involvement is not exactly telling the whole story. He literally put his arms around the neck of another human being, dragged him around for about 20 to 25 feet when Rudy Gobert and the Minnesota Timberwolves, he got into it trying to separate Klay Thompson and McDaniels, his teammate. A lot of people thought the suspension was too light. And when it comes to five games, one of those people, ESPN basketball analyst Jay Will, when he said as much on Get Up Earlier This Week. I thought they were extremely lenient. I, I said it yesterday and people were kind of like in shock saying, oh, Jay, stop being soft about the league. I'm like, I'm not being soft about the league. Trust me. I want the league to be more physical. I don't mind getting bowed when I come across the lane. Do I want to see fist fights? No, I don't. Do I want to see somebody get choked out and dragged back? There's one thing to break up a fight. There's another thing when you get two ejections in three games. And that it's, a, it's the history on top of the action that I saw in the game that, frankly, for me as somebody, like I, I like authority on matters like this. I want it to hurt for Draymond so he can actually think through his decisions mm. before he just engages in actions like this. I think they found a sweet spot, but I thought it was lenient. The words of Jay Williams, ESPN basketball analyst, is bringing somebody who knows a lot about the NBA game as well. He is Mark J. Spears, ESPN NBA senior writer for Anscape, also a basketball Hall of Fame. Always proud to say that. Hit him on Twitter at Mark J. Spears. Mark, you heard what Jay Will had to say. What are your thoughts on Draymond Green getting five games for what he did to Rudy Gobert two nights ago between the Timberwolves and the Golden State Warriors? Well, no, that's, that's what, about what I expected. I mean, this is certainly not the, the rest, God rest his soul, the David Stern era when I remember Carmelo Anthony got like 17 games for punching Marty Collins, you know, and remember the malice in the palace stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, then you think about the 80s, where they would punch somebody and the referee would tell them to get up. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Not even technically foul. Get up, Bill. Get up, Bill, if you remember that, right? (laughs) So this this is a different era, and Adam Silver, if you look at his history in terms of um, suspending players, it's it's not for, like, long amounts of games, right? I mean – Look, it is five games. It's going to hit Draymond tremendously in the pocket for, you know, over $700,000, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, it's, it's, you know, this is this is the Adam Silver way. So, I mean, obviously Joe Dumars made the uh, final judgment. And the interesting thing about Joe Dumars is, you know, his son used to play AAU basketball with Draymond, and Draymond's like a family member to them. Right. So, but Joe – you know, business is business. And, uh, you know, Draymond's actions over the last couple of years have, have really made Joe work hard, <laughs> harder than he wanted to on, on the family friend. All right, Mark, put yourself on that Golden State team, maybe in the locker room or maybe uh, put, your, put your Steve Kerr hat on. This is now Draymond's yeah. fifth suspension. At some yeah. point, doesn't the act wear out even within your own locker room? Don't you guys get tired of this kind of thing? I mean, I think they just know that's part of him. That's part of his passion. Um, I think the thing that's different here is it's in the heat of the moment. Like, right, Mm -hmm. um, 
and I'm not trying to sound sound like an apologist for it. Like when you watch these baseball fights, and you, you see what happens, like because they're the ones that usually have the most of them. Um, there's emotion there that comes that probably if things were slowed down, they wouldn't have acted that way. And I think when Draymond saw Rudy put his hands on Clay's neck, and if you go look at it, Rudy and Draymond have certainly years of history. Uh, I don't know if it was Cat if it was Cat doing that or Anthony Edwards doing that that Draymond would have mm-hmm. reacted in the same fashion. Mm-hmm. I, I, I definitely think there's some vitriol. No, I don't think there is vitriol between you know, Rudy Gay and, and, and Draymond Green. And I think if of all the people seeing Rudy touch Clay probably brought out a, a, a extra piece of dynamite for Draymond Green. Wow. Either way, it was definitely compostable upside the neck of Rudy Gobert yeah. when it's all said and done. Mark J. Spears, ESPN NBA senior writer for Anscape Basketball Hall of Famer, joining Freddie Coleman and Chad Brown and Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Outside of Fight Club that happened on Tuesday, last night the Boston Celtics without <laughs> Jalen without Jalen Brown, without Christos Porzingis, they went into Philadelphia, they had a full team, and they beat the Philadelphia 76ers. I don't know if the Celtics are right now the best team in basketball. I think outside the Denver Nuggets. But I firmly believe, Mark, that they could wind up maybe being the scariest team in basketball. What are your thoughts on that? No, I'm, they're the best to me. Okay. Um, I, I think they're the best. And, and and scary. Can they be both? Absolutely. Let's make no them question. both. Right? Absolutely. Like, I was I was explaining to somebody yesterday because they're not a Porzingis fan. And I'm like, but Porzingis is your fourth option. That's scary. <laughs> you got a guy that's capable of scoring 30 points as your fourth option. And, and so if one of those guys have an off night, there's three other guys that can pick it up for you, right? Like, it's that's an incredible luxury to have. And, you know, the new bald-headed wonder, he's not bad either. I mean, like, he can <laughs> score too. Like, they've got – Leave Derek White alone. Leave, leave Derek White alone. <laughs> my God, man. He looked good, man. He did, oh, he, I know he had to come, come on, on home. Colorado Buffalo, yeah, man. You can't make fun of that. I know he had to come on home, Mark J. But come on now. Leave Derek White alone. <laughs> I, I, I respect him for coming home, man. I mean, it's not an issue I got. I got more of a gray issue than a bald issue. I mean, my dad gave me some good hair, right? But, no doubt. Uh, I, I respect the fact that he didn't belabor the point. There's a lot of people. I'm not mentioning any names. I'm not mentioning names. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he he saw it, and he dealt with it. And I'm proud of him. <laughs> I'm proud of him for that. You know, it there's, needs there's to be something dealt to be with, said to point. For, for being honest with yourself. <laughs> and I respect that as a man. I do. It oh, needs to be dealt with, no doubt about but, that. But, but the Celtics are a problem, man. And right now, if there's one, I mean – to me, I think they're the only team that could beat Denver at, at this moment. All right, to go from potentially the best team with the Celtics, uh, how are you looking at the Clippers? They are 0-5 in the James Harden era. Uh, how's this big yeah. four going to work out in L.A.? Well, I, I do think it was encouraging that they were competitive and could have won the game in Denver. Yeah, that, that said a lot about what they could potentially be. It's just so hard to make that kind of trade after training camp. Like, do they have a, 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 a group of practices coming up where they could, you know, work some kinks out? It's too major of a piece 
to just throw in. So, you know, I got one of my friends is a Clippers fan. Shout out to Troy McCoy, played basketball at St. Mary's, and he's just super frustrated with it, man. Wow. So angry with it. And it's just like he's done. Like the Clippers hadn't had struggles in the past or something, right? And I'm like, look, man. <laughs> I'm like, give it give it some time. Give it some time. It's it's gonna take some time. And and maybe it's the all star break that they really got the time. Like I don't have a Clippers schedule in front of it, but it's it's too major of a piece to just like right. throw in, right? Like all of a sudden, I got my gumbo and I got my shrimp in there and I got my pork <laughs> sausage and you know crab. And then now you want to throw a lobster in there? Wait, 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 wait! <laughs> There's no lobster, don't go with gumbo. Wait, let's work. Let's talk about this. You know, and they got a. Um, I I do think there is potential for something interesting there. They just got to get some like to to have to go compete with this right now. I mean, I think T. Lou's brilliant. He just needs some practice time with these guys to figure it out. Real quick before we let you go, have you still gotten used to being called the Basketball Hall of Famer? No, man, I actually appreciate you saying that. Thank you. It's true. You've, dur- you've, right, you've earned it. You, know, you deserved it. It is true. I, I, you know, the ring is nearby. Mm-hmm. I can go look at it. And um, <laughs> I'm, I'm still – I don't know, Freddie, to be honest, if I've had a chance to just sit and reflect on it just yet because it's just been so much uh, this past summer of beautiful that has taken place for me that, you know, hopefully soon I could just go somewhere and sit on the dock of the bay and skip some rocks and really, really think on it. But it just means a tremendous amount, man, and I I haven't had that moment yet. But the most beautiful thing I, I think that came from it so far is, and I mentioned the ring, like my dad, he had Curtis Spears. He has ALS, and he couldn't be there. It's tough. It's tough for him. It's tough for the family right now. And I was able to go back to New Orleans and and show him the ring and put it on his in his finger and let him see the name Spears on the side, one side, and the Hall of Fame on the other side. And wow, wow. you know, to to give him that moment because I told him I brought the ring. <laughs> He gave me this look like, boy, when you going to show me this ring? You know what I mean? Like, you know. So he spoke to me without speaking. and But to have that moment with him, to take some pictures, and like, it was priceless to me. So that, wow. as, as amazing as that whole weekend was, having a chance to share that moment with my dad is, is something I always remember. Mark, we appreciate you sharing that moment because you and your family have earned that moment together, man. Thank you so much, my brother. We'll talk to you soon and take care and continue to be well. Thanks a lot, Mark. Hey, man. Thanks for the love and thanks for not asking me about the Oakland F. Nope. That, that could have been a whole yeah, other segment. Shannon Penn, my producer, wanted to ask you. I said, no, I'm keeping Mark J. Spears as my friend. If you want to ruin that friendship, yeah. Shannon Penn, you go right ahead. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. That, that, like I said, we had that's an hour segment right there, man, to talk about all this thing. Oh, no doubt. No uh, doubt. All the mistruths and the perceptions and the misguided education and all that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. There'll be another day for that. Yeah. I can promise anyways, you. Anyways, we, we, let's, let's leave back in the Hall of Fame. Exactly. Exactly. Thanks, Mark. I'll, Talk to you soon. Thanks, I love y'all, man. Love, much right, love, man. Oh, we love Mark J. Spears, ESPN NBA senior writer for Anscape. And like we mentioned, so proud that he's a basketball Hall of Famer. Hit him on Twitter, Mark J. Spears, joining Freddie Cohen and Chad Brown on Freddie and Harry. And is Coach Prime thinking about entering the transfer portal after one year at Chad Brown U? Plus, Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh finally gives up the fight. That's next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. 
The Freddie and Harry Podcast. Here's Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. Joining me, Freddie Coleman. Thanks for appreciating us on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80. And I tell you, smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. We're going to get to that whole Deion Sanders and potential transfer portal thing that could include him. We'll do that in a couple of minutes because he's at the school where Chad Brown made his name and his game on and off the football field. When it comes to Colorado, we'll get that in a couple of minutes. But in case you missed it, about an hour and five minutes ago, give or take a lie or two, a statement from the University of Michigan, I'm going to read it as follows. This morning, the university, Coach Harbaugh, meaning Jim Harbaugh, and the Big Ten resolved their pending litigation. The conference agreed to close its investigation, and the university and Coach Harbaugh agreed to accept the three-game suspension. Coach Harbaugh, the university's support, decided to accept this sanction to return the focus to our student-athletes and their performance on the field. The conference has confirmed that it is not aware of any information suggesting Coach Harbaugh's involvement in the allegations the university continues to cooperate fully with the NCAA's investigation, end quote. So, Chad, you pointed this out. I'm glad you mentioned it. This three-game suspension is for the regular season. But if they went out, that means he will be back for the Big Ten championship game. Correct. And so having already served the suspension for last week against Penn State, he will be back for the Big Ten championship. He will miss the Ohio State game, which is a major miss and a game where I think he would have a influence on the likelihood or possibility of Michigan winning. Yeah, but when we talked about this earlier, Freddie, we didn't count the Penn State game as far as or I guess maybe time served toward the suspension. Yep, yep. So it's crazy that we have to talk about a football coach <laughs> in, in that way as far as time served. But Harbaugh has already served one game of this three-game suspension. Uh, so he will be back on the field for the Big Ten championship game if it ends up being that that's the case. Yeah, I still wonder who got next to Jim Harbaugh. I still wonder who buys the dude. Just give it up. Th- that team will show the ability to win without you. But you know that your handprints, your fingerprints – are all over Michigan football. They went out there and had an assistant interim coach crying like he was in church confessing his sins after they beat Penn State last week. If that's not loyalty or committing to the cause, I don't know what is. Somebody, in my opinion, and it wasn't Jim Harbaugh, it had to have been somebody else that said, it could have been Mrs. Harbaugh. Honey, stop it. Honey, honey, come on. Honey, you know you're not guilty of these things. You know what you didn't do. Honey, don't do this. Just step away. Your team will be fine. Somebody, as far as I'm concerned, got next to Jim Harbaugh to say, this is not worth it when we still got that NCAA investigation that we have to deal with. If his wife has that power, then tip of the cap to her because there's a couple <laughs> of a Harbaugh things she should correct. He's got to wear it. He's got to get move on from the khaki pants. There's a couple things wow. she's got to get him to get right. Wow. Um, so hopefully she does have that power, <laughs> and she can exercise that power in the future when these kind of things come up. Because if this is Coach Harbaugh we're talking about, this kind of controversy, this kind of thing, this kind of chaos has followed him throughout his coaching career. So we will need her again yeah. down the road. Okay, Chad Brown and Mrs. Harbaugh will get together to discuss the clothing contract future of Jim Harbaugh. Okay, got it. I want to make sure I got that in my notes for the future <laughs> as far as it comes to him. But for the immediate future, there will be no litigation here tomorrow. He's accepted that suspension. He is going to be out for the next game, which is Saturday versus Maryland. And then next week, the big one against Ohio State. If they went out, that game would be for a chance for who's going to represent their particular part of that conference in the Big Ten Championship game. Meanwhile, at Chad Brown U, known as Colorado, Deion Sanders already hearing those questions. 
Texas A&M paying Jimbo Fisher $76 million to just go away and beat it. We're tired of going 8-5 and five and going to the Alamo Bowl. So now they're in the market with somebody else. Deion Sanders has heard his name mentioned, and he says, yeah, y'all, y'all just need to stop. When you don't care about the noise for us wherever else, but, when, but parents do, they hear it. When they come to you and what, say what, – what, what parents have heard it? that you know of. That parents have, who have ex, I would imagine. Have come to me. I mean, you, you're making an assumption. I, I want to know what parents have come. Have any come to you? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Do they say to you, what would you say to them that they said, are you going to coach my kid? Are you going to be here in two, three years to coach my kid? What do you tell them? You <laughs> I tell them what I told them when they came. I'm here. I'm here. Like, I, I tell them my mother's here. My sister's here. My dog is here. My daughter's here. Both the, three of my sons are here. My other daughter comes at, during every home game. We're here. I get mail here. <laughs> I claim taxes here. I pay taxes here. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm here. I don't hear that. I don't, I, don't, I don't hear that. Maybe our recruiting staff hears it, but I, I don't hear it. I'm too honest not, you know, with parents, and I'm, I'm going to tell them the truth. That's Coach Prime. You know, Obviously, college football coaches have said these kind of things and given these super definitive statements. And the very next day, they are off to another head coaching job. Mel Tucker was at a alumni recruiting dinner mm-hmm. and took the Michigan State job later that night, left that dinner. An hour later, he took the Michigan State job. So Midnight Mail set a precedent for feelings in Boulder that are just far different than what Coach Prime has experienced. So we're not necessarily doubting his character and his truth and his veracity. We're just doubting college football coaches in general when they say these kinds of things. Coach Brian, let it be known. Who have you talked to? And he got that reporter straightened up and flied right with that line of questioning about his future inside or outside of Colorado. Chad Brown, Freddie Coleman together on Freddie and Harry. Which is the bigger week 11 game? Bengals at Ravens tonight or Eagles at Chiefs on Monday? That's next. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast.